I had someone do a small amount of work for our nonprofit and asked them to send an invoice many times. The person is not sending it. Previously, I had paid them without one and just recorded the work, but wanted a record since this was on a specific grant. The person in question is a student. Should I just pay her or continue to ask for the invoice? Mm. I, maybe you could do a little bit of both. Um, depending on if this person is really, I mean, if you're paying them, you're probably, it sounds like a 1099 situation where this is just a little bit of work for hire. You're, you just wanted them to come in and do one little tiny thing, but, but it's not an employee kind of job. Um, first of all, you know, make sure that you've got that put together properly, that you understand what the requirements for a 1099 employee are and that you're not getting in trouble for doing it that way. Um, if you want them to send you an invoice and they're not sending you an invoice, you're still kind of on the hook for paying them because they did the work. Um, so bug them for an invoice. And if you get to the point where you're making it a podcast question, maybe fake an invoice up and send it to them and say, Hey, does this look right? Can you just email me back this? And that way you have an invoice on file with their name and address and everything. You can file it properly pay them off of that and be done with it. Because when your auditor comes in and says, why is there, what's this $250 for? You paid this person $250. Um, I don't see, I don't see a W2. I don't see an invoice. Are you just spending your own money to get um, $250 worth of massages or something? So so you're going to want to have something on file so that you can prove that you paid for actual services with it anyway. I'm a bit of a stickler because I, I get that you've already sent the person money in the past without an invoice. Mm. I, I don't think that's you've really good them. behavior, right? <laughs> You're training them what they can get away with. And for a student, like this feels like it, it just feels like a golden opportunity and like learning moment for that student. And and it's like I I know you could just send them the outright invoice like you're suggesting, Andy, and absolutely you know, if, if not, if all else fails, do it. But, but I'm also like, why, like, could you send them like an invoice template that they still need to fill in? So they have to put a little work toward it. This is just <laughs> me probably being, but I'm like, come on, like you want to get paid. You need to learn there's a process for this. So I guess I'm being a stickler, but I, I would probably say send them an, I, I don't know. I guess it depends how much you, time you want to spend on this. If you just want to be done with it, send them the damn invoice. <laughs> This episode of Nonprofit Everything is sponsored by the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits Job Board, your one-stop shop for the next step in your career. Searching job listings is totally free, and AN members receive a big discount when posting new jobs. There are dozens of nonprofit jobs available right here in Nevada, and there are out-of-state jobs, too. Find it by going to the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits webpage and clicking the Job Board button, or access it directly at jobs.alliancefornevadanonprofits.com, or find the link in the Nonprofit Everything show notes. Hey, podcasters, thanks for joining us for another episode of Nonprofit Everything. I've got Andy Shirk, my amazing co-host with me, and a huge thank you to Anne, the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, for making these podcasts possible. And you as our listeners, you're a bright spot in this crazy world of ours, and hats off to you for setting time aside to to join us right now. Uh, We appreciate you being here, and thanks for joining us. Enjoy this episode. My 
organization was contacted by one of our major donors to see if their college-aged daughter could do pro bono grant writing for us to keep her busy this summer, and also because she's interested in developing skills in this area. I don't feel like we can say no because this donor knows we're short-staffed, but I'm also leery of committing to this because we are short-staffed, as I'm not sure we have enough time to help her if we bring her on this summer. Do you have any thoughts on how to handle this? Oh, we love these requests from donors, don't we? That always put us in these really uncomfortable situations. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess my first question is, do you need this kind of support? So first question, like stepping back overall, forget about the donor for a minute. Like, do you need grant writing support? Maybe grants aren't your strategy, right? A lot of organizations say we're not doing grants. We're going to fundraise and raise, you know, dollars and revenue in different ways. If it is a priority, then I would say perhaps explore it, but I, but I think maybe there's an opportunity to talk to the donor and say, Hey, listen, we do, you know, here's our limitations. We're happy to explore this. We want to make sure it's a good fit for your daughter and a good fit for us. So why don't, you know, if you're okay with it, we'd like to set up, you know, maybe you can set up a meeting with us and we can just sort of talk about our limitations and capacity issues. Cause we're not even sure if, if she's looking for a lot of oversight and like, help and mentorship, this is the honest truth. We don't have that to give, right? And so we're not sure this will be the best fit. So I think it's just managing, I'm all about managing the expectations on the outset, both with the donor here and the person and the daughter, right? Because that will not bode well if if they both are expecting something different and then you kind of fail them on that. Yeah, I mean, how many, I mean, just remembering back, how many internships did you have to do where, you went in and the person was sort of obligated to accept an intern because you were in the nonprofit program and it's part of the deal that you they had to take one and you'd go in and you'd sit in the ED's office and she'd say, so what do you want to work on? And you'd be like, honestly, nothing. <laughs> Can I just nap, please? <laughs> like I, it's part of my requirement that I have to be here. And so, so if you don't have the capacity to really come up with a project and, and like hold, handhold for the entire project, it's, it's going to be more trouble than it's worth unless this person is, you know, incredibly sharp and is a self-starter and is able to sort of grab a prog- program by the horns and just run with it. Um, Cause that I've seen that happen too. You get somebody who's really smart and really motivated and really wants to do it. Um, but if it's like somebody just needs a summer, somebody's kid needs a summer job because they're too lazy to go to McDonald's or whatever. Um, that I don't know that that's somebody that I'd, I'd be jumping at. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of it, right. Like I wonder what this person's studying in college, what their degree is in, like, is this something that's just like a check off or is this sort of in line with where they're trying to head? And as you said, Andy, I guess on the positive side, maybe you get a stellar sort of student intern for the summer and they could be a potential employee down the road. Who knows? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think there's some, I don't think it's all bad news, but I think the managing expectations from the beginning and, you know, if for some reason you can't, you don't have the capacity or you don't really need the grant writing support, then I think that's an opportunity to say to the donor, this this is actually not at all really in our sort of strategic, you know, what we do. This That's not how we raise money here. So appreciate it. But why don't I have an organization that would be, you know, might be a a great fit for your daughter. Someone now, you hate. That other organization will curse you, right? But anyways, but you never know. It could all work out. Yeah. So. But I mean, and... and- 
I, I think grant writing is one of those things that I mean, you tell me, I think boards thinks grant, think grant writing is super easy. There's just like Ugh. a bunch of money out there and you just have to no. write something and they will send you the money. Like that's their perception of what grant writing yes. is. And it's actually very, very hard and, and not at all obvious and easy the way it needs to be done. So it's not something that I would like, even if I did have a desire, if I was short a grant writer, I don't know that I would just bring in somebody who had never done it before on summer from a college and say, okay, you can write grants for me. That's not. I, I agree, Andy. And you know, the other thing I was thinking about is, I mean, I'm even thinking in, in work I've done with clients unless you are embedded in that organization and you're a staff member who really knows the ins and outs, unless you are that person, you have a lot of questions as a grant writer mm-hmm. to do it well, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to help me understand all, you have to educate me on your organization so I can actually write about it. Mm-hmm. And um, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. That, I mean, the, the putting the budget together, like coming up with the, what the metrics are going to be for like what the outcomes are and how you're going to measure all those things. Those are not something that you can just make up. Um, if yeah. so, so as far as alternative scenarios, so say, say you, you, this donor <laughs> is the kind of person that's going to require you to find something for her daughter to do. Um, <laughs> what, what kinds of things, what kinds of things do you think you could pitch for somebody who's intelligent, but, but isn't intelligent, isn't going to be able to just pick up grant writing on the fly. I mean, one of the things that we used to do is, is like have somebody do some research projects. Yes. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, Research is a great area. Yeah. And say like, you know, come up with, you know, can you come up with some surveys because we need to find out about this and have them put that together and then administer the survey and that kind of stuff. It's definitely something that's sort of tangentially related to grant writing because you need to understand how, how to put those kinds of things together, how to get survey responses and how to how to interpret the responses that you get, or even just like, you know, sit in the library and use some of the grant databases and find out what kinds of things are available that I might not already know about. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's, and none of us, I mean, most nonprofits don't have any time to do the research that they need to do, right? right. So that's a great project. I am a newly appointed executive director, and I was excited to learn that just a few weeks before my start date, the board also appointed a new board member. While this sounds fine in theory, the problem is that this new board member was in the interview pool for my position, but obviously didn't get selected. I haven't met him yet, but I'm concerned about the board's decision to do this. Should I be worried, and should I voice my concern to my board chair? I don't want to rock the boat since I was just hired. Oh. I, I'm more worried. I'm just worried about the board's. It's weird, isn't it? Thought process, right? It's weird. <laughs> I, it's very weird. And it, okay, so I'm trying to keep an open mind with this, right? I, I guess I'm really curious to know how this all unfolded. Like, I, I don't know. Anyways, there's just so many questions that I want to ask the person who wrote this, right? Um, I mean, I'm really curious to know if this person. You know, anyways, it's just it's kind of like, did the person want to be on the board or did the board sort of like coax them into it like as a runner up prize? Oh, you can be a volunteer board member. I don't know. There's just like I kind of want to know the context because I think it makes it I think it changes the dynamic. Like for all we know, let's let's say positives, positive best case scenario. Right. For all we know, this person interviewed um, 
maybe along the way they got another position or they just decided that this wasn't the right fit and the but but they were still passionate enough that they were even interviewing for the job and the board said well you know we're looking for board members you want to be on this i would be a bit more okay and comforted by that scenario than i would if it were some other scenario right yeah. that we can think of I, it just feels and then and yet i'm kind of like you're a new executive director do you even raise this as a concern yet? Maybe it's not going to be a concern or a worry. Like, I don't know if I would start off my, like, already starting bringing this problem to the board. I might just be more curious about, <laughs> hey, can you yeah. can you tell me a little bit? Like, you know, what's our process for recruiting? How did the new board member, can you talk, walk me through it? Like, I think I would want to understand that context. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I think, you know, to 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 succinctly answer the question, in my opinion, I don't know that I'd bring it up. I think it's like, it's done. The person's on the board. All you're going to do is like, you're going to sound weird <laughs> asking that. Yeah. Question. And paranoid, right? Yeah. Like maybe a little paranoid yeah. and like a little like threatened. I don't know. I yeah. think it can come across wrong. So here's my, here's my scenario. Like if you want to spin it and imagine like a scenario where this is like totally reasonable. So there's this feeling in the for-profit world that having worked in a sales job or whatever and gotten to a senior vice president position at a bank or whatever um, gives you enough authority that you could just run a nonprofit because they're super easy. Right. And so I'm, I'm 72 years old. I'm tired of selling bank services or whatever, but I, I still feel like I want to give back. And here's this executive director position that just opened. Um, And, you know, I'm, I'm a senior guy. Everybody knows me. I'm in the community for years. So maybe I'll just apply for this position. I can be their executive director. And so the board, who's a smart board, goes, there's no way in hell we're hiring you for this job because you have no relevant experience to running a nonprofit. Like just being old and having had a job and still being alive at 72 does not qualify you for running a nonprofit. However, you are relatively wealthy. So maybe if you're passionate about the organization, we could find a board position for you instead of trying to run the place. And that way, you know, we can hire somebody who actually has the skills and experience to do this job. And then you can still be involved in it to whatever level you feel like being involved. Um, I I think that's probably and I've seen that happen, too. You know, you see that you see the like the 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 pool of resumes that come in for nonprofit executive director jobs. And there's always a handful of these people who are just like, you know, well, I'm sort of done with my for profit. career, So let me slum it in the nonprofits for a while because they're super easy. Right. So so maybe it's one of these. No clue. No idea. No clue. (laughs) No idea. So maybe it's one of those people. And that was just the board's the board's way of like letting them down easy. And also, you know, finding somebody who's totally cool with their give or get policy. Yeah, well, that'd be that'd be an extra bonus. <laughs> so right? let's, I mean, even if so, so if this were me in this position, I would just pretend that that was the scenario, regardless of whether it was or not, and just act as if that were the scenario. Because at the end of the day, it's the I said it again, the end of the day, <laughs> I say that all the time, and I can't stand it, but I still say it. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's still it's the board and the board is the board, they're going to be good board members, they're going to be bad board members. And as the executive director, it's your job to manage it. Um, and, and you got the job and this person didn't, which makes you the person that's your, it's your job now. So, so it's your responsibility to move forward. And you didn't hire any of these executives. You didn't hire any of these board members. These are all board members that were there when you got there. So part of your job as a new ED is to weed off the terrible ones and bring on new good ones. Right. (laughs) I I think in some ways, you know what, this, this person, and I, I have no clue their background, but there may even be a little 
you know, that whole idea of imposter syndrome where we feel like we're not sure we're worthy or deserving of the job, right? Like, I wonder if that's at play and it can feel a little bit intimidating. Like, like if I had someone that was a finalist for a position and I'm the one who got it, I would feel like I was being scrutinized whether I was or wasn't, that would be my internal story. And so the person who wrote this, hopefully has enough confidence to say, listen, I was hired because I'm the right person. I'm going to do a good job. And, you know, sort of starting with good feeling like good intentions and sort of a good mindset is going to be important. Yeah, I think that's great. And it's 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 very similar to the situation where somebody on staff goes out for the executive director position and doesn't get it because they're not qualified. And then, and then you have this person that didn't get the job (laughs) who still works for you. Right. It's a, it's a worse scenario because a board member, it's just a board member. They're fine. You know, they're going to do what they're going to do and you need to manage it. A staff member, you're responsible for them because they belong to you. So you either need to figure out how quickly can I get rid of this person or, you know, maybe they're really sweet and they just like, you know, it, they, they know it wasn't their time, but 99% of the time, they're just going to be a pain in your butt. You know what? Okay. So, you know, I'm great at the tangents. So I have to just throw a quick tangent in here because what you just said reminded me, <laughs> I am seeing a lot of organizations doing this thing where the executive director slash founder is sort of identifying their own person internally right, that they want or think should be their successor. And then sort of um, I, I, I almost over-promising, hey, if you do X, Y, Z, you'll be my successor. And I just have to share as sort of a side note, please be careful if anybody listening to this is doing that because succession planning is great, but that person needs to realize the board ultimately hires the executive director. So unless you have a board that is 100 percent in line with that and doesn't want to ever go through some kind of search process. And sometimes they do just, you know, just because they want to do, a, you know, a fair process. Um, and then they find someone better. I just like, please don't set up your employees for that because it's heartbreaking for everybody. Well, I yes, And I think I think. Whenever you're in a position, you're an executive director position, it's your responsibility to give your staff as much training as you possibly can in every aspect of the organization. Absolutely. And and yes, I agree. You absolutely should not promise somebody on your staff that they're going to be the ED when you leave. Um, because, because again, you don't have any control over that. You can obviously make a recommendation. Your recommendation may have a lot of weight, but you're still not the person making the hire. Um, right. But at the same time, you you like trying to like doing your best to train people underneath you to be able to ultimately replace you is probably a really good lens lens to look through all of your training activities with. So whenever you're talking to, you know, you bring new people on and you say, great, um, I'm going to be out of here in five years. I want you to at least be a strong candidate for when I leave. Like obviously can't promise it for you, but let's, let's see if we can put together all of the things that you need to know in order to take my position before, before I leave so that you'll be ready for it once I leave. I think and that's I an love okay. the way you positioned it, Andy. I love the way you positioned it. That's the way it needs to yeah. be said instead of sort of like the shoe in thing. Yeah. And I think that happens a little bit more when you are a founder led organization, because the founder obviously feels like they and many times they do have a lot of power and control. So yeah. they feel like they just get to pick their next replacement. But it's a very corporate sort of mentality. So like in, in really big companies, that's a that happens all the time. So the the CEO has their senior vice president or whatever, the director of each of their different divisions. And they're all, they're all fighting for that CEO job. And so they're all constantly, they know they're in play. As soon as that CEO leaves, 
all of those people are theoretically um, able to take that top job and they're working the whole time to be able to take that top job when they're ready, but you can't promise it to one of them because you don't have control over promising it to them. So it's a very, it's a very corporate thing, but it's usually like, you know, cats and dogs fighting and <laughs> that kind of There's thing. There's a lot of cats and dogs. I think cats and dogs are on your mind. It's, it's cause, cause I'm stuck in the house with them all the time. That's all, oh, all the I people know. I talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, for joining us for another episode. It's always a treat and we dig your questions. We get so excited when we get questions from you. So if you just want to see us like giddy school children running around on, you know, I don't know, in the playground that, that <laughs> just picture us, that's kind of a funny, <laughs> uh, funny sight, right? Or jumping on our couches or I don't know, some goofy thing. But yes, if you want to see us that elated, please send us a question, nonprofiteverything.com. Uh, you can always check us out there. And thanks so much to Anne, Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, for being uh, the, the presenter host of this. Uh, we, we couldn't do it without them. And with those of you who are Anne members, we appreciate you as well. Mm-hmm.